Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda. I'm Linda Davis. Thank you for joining me today. A little bit about myself before we get started. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing both. So go grab your cup and let's talk. We want to find and live in true joy. That's what we really want. We think we're pursuing happiness, but what we really want is to find and live in true joy, right? We want to, um, I talked about in the previous podcast, I talked about today I choose joy and we pursue joy. Then we become anchored in Jesus as we're pursuing joy in the Lord. And then that's what our strength is birthed out of, is that being anchored in Jesus, our strength is birthed out of a place where the joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 tells us that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Strength and joy are in his place. That David said that in 1 Chronicles 16 verse 27. We can enter into the joy of the Lord and have strength from that resting place. Let's talk about that verse in uh, Nehemiah chapter 8. It was said for a reason. The joy of the Lord is your strength. What, what Ezra is saying that, he's saying that to God's people. He's trying to encourage them. When they were in a place of sorrow and weeping and grieving and realizing how far they'd gone away from the teaching of God's law. No, 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 Ezra says, oh no, rejoice and celebrate because the restoration's coming, (laughs) right? And the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's powerful. Ezra was speaking to the remnant of Israel who had chosen to return to Judah to rebuild the city and its temple. It was a time of restoration in the middle of a time of sorrow and weeping. Not only of this ruined city, the physical aspect, but also of the obedience to the law of God. And how were they going to get through this? They were going to get through it because the joy of the Lord would bring them through it in his strength. One thing I think when we're finding, we're pursuing, we're looking to become anchored in the Lord so the joy of the Lord will be our strength. We're trying to find and live in true joy. One thing that we have to do first, well, we have to be in his presence for sure because in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. But we also have to recognize those things that try to come in and rob us of our joy. We think it's just making us unhappy. We think circumstances and emotions and feelings are making us unhappy, but they're robbing us of joy is what that that's, that's the enemy's desire and design. So one way, one way that's a huge joy robber is in ourselves. Cause I think most times We are our worst critic. And we all make mistakes. Absolutely. There's not a person that hasn't. But what do we do? We magnify our mistakes. 
We begrudge our mistakes. We rehash them in our mind over and over again. And we don't genuinely receive the grace of the Lord. Or we can even flip that. And we think more of ourselves than we ought to. (laughs) That can actually rob us of our joy. Because when we expect perfection from others, then we tend to grumble and complain and get frustrated instead of seeing the good that is there. Hopefully that makes sense. So when we think right, pride, the Lord speaks, there's all kinds of stuff in the Bible against pride. So when we're prideful, we may not even realize it, but we're critiquing others. And so when they don't meet our expectations, now all we do is complain and grumble about others. We develop a negative eye, a judgmental eye. This robs us of joy. It robs us of joy. Comparison. That, that right there is a big joy robber. Comparison. We compare our success, we compare our giftings, we compare our bodies, we compare our abilities. Uh, There's so much comparison. Like, you know, I've heard it said, and if I could recall where I would give credit, but I've heard it said, you know, don't, don't compare your valley moment to somebody else's mountain moment. That it's too, you're not in the same moment. Right, and we're never in the same moment as other people. So we're, when we compare, we're missing it because they're not in the same place as us and we're not in the same place as them. No matter, even if people are similar in their gifting, similar in their talents, there's still differences. We are uniquely made, each one of us, intended by God. And we have to understand, no matter what, We carry something nobody else carries. That's amazing when you think about it. So don't compare. Don't compare to others. Don't focus on just your destination. Don't constantly look down the road and instead of uh, taking in the moments, don't always want to be rescued out of your trial, rescued out of your Uh, moment of unhappiness. Like we said um, last week's podcast, let the various trials do their thorough work in you. You know, a lot of times, and it's human nature, we pray when we're in the midst of a trial, a storm, a difficulty, we pray for the Lord to change the circumstance. What if we prayed for the Lord to change us in the circumstance? Because that's really the point of the trial. That's pretty powerful, and I don't want you to miss that. I believe one way for us to truly find and live in true joy is if we are willing to shift from praying that God remove, change the circumstance, instead of praying God change the circumstance, how about we pray God change us in the middle of the circumstance? If we're changed in the circumstance, if we remember who we are in the Lord, that we're a child of the almighty God, 
that he's for us and not against us, that he has our back, that he's working all things for our good, that his plans are for us to prosper, to have good, to have favor. If we can remember, if we can be anchored in that in the Lord, then when then we have disappointment, we feel rejected, we feel abandoned, we feel defeated, we feel disappointed, we feel unloved. Again, these are all feelings, and it may be a real thing we're going through, but that's not the truth. The truth is we're never abandoned because God will never leave us. The truth is we're never unloved because God loved us so much he sent his only son. So we have to remember that. We're a chosen people. Right? We are designed and created to do good works for the Lord. This is what we are. Right? God designed you. God designed me to do good works for him. Ephesians 2 verse 10 tells us that. That's powerful. We have to renew our minds like Romans 2, no, Romans 12, 2 tells us. Renew our minds daily. Change your thinking to the truth of God's word in every situation you find. No, that's not the truth of this situation. That's what I'm feeling. And maybe you need to process your feelings for a moment, but it's not the truth. Don't camp out there. I say this, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't pitch a tent there. We walk through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because I'm not camping out there. I'm moving. I'm keeping going. I'm going to push through. I'm going to do this in the joy of the Lord because that's my strength. So where's your identity? Is your identity in those things? If identity is in the things, that's happiness. And that will always elude us. If our identity is in Christ, then we're anchored in the Lord and we will always have joy regardless of our circumstances. And we will spiritually be lacking nothing. That's powerful. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, consecrated nation, people for God's own possession, So we may proclaim the excellence of the Lord who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. All of us were in darkness at one point in time and he called us out and we responded to it. We have to look and say, actually I want to go to comparison for a minute because comparison breeds discontentment. And when we're looking for these things of happiness, do we, do we want a new car because we need a new car? Do we want a new car because we like the neighbor's car or we like the cousin's car, right? Comparison is one of the biggest tools of the enemy to cause us to forget about how good God really has been in our life. And that's what we pull from. Like David, David pulled from his own life experiences of the goodness of the Lord when he needed his strength. The the enemy always wants you to get your eyes off of what God has done for you and is doing for you. That's what the enemy wants to do. 
we have to determine, I'm going to be anchored in the Lord. I'm going to be strengthened in the Lord. I'm going to consistently pursue the Lord. Right? And like I said earlier, when we're in our valley, we're looking at somebody else on their mountaintop comparing. We don't know what their valley was like. We don't know the choices they made in their valley to push through. So don't dwell on comparison and let it rule your emotions. Refocus, realign your thoughts to the thankfulness and the goodness and the um, faithfulness of the Lord. The choice is always ours, right? This day, today I choose joy. Every day, right? It says in Deuteronomy, this day I set before you a choice, life or death. Always our choice. We have to settle in ourselves. What will be my standard for joy? What's going to be your standard for joy? Is it the car? Is it the career? Is it the spouse? Is it the house? Is it retirement? Is that your standard of joy? Or is it that no matter what, I'm going to be anchored in the Lord. No matter what, I'm going to trust no matter what circumstance I find myself in, God's working a change in me that's going to bring me to a place of lacking nothing in him. Once we can say that, once we have that answer and we remain in that answer, nothing or no one will be able to come in and rob our joy through comparison, through circumstances, whatever it might be. Abandonment, we don't need to worry about it if we take God at his word. We don't have to worry about people coming in and out of our lives if we take God at his word. If we believe that Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 tells us that he's never going to leave us or forsake us. Do we believe that? Can we let the fact that God really did love us so much that he really did send Jesus down? Did he really watch his son suffer on the cross just for us? That ought to remove any feelings of being unloved, rejected, abandoned. But we have to remind ourselves in the moments of those feelings rising up. We have to cast down those vain imaginations. Our feelings lie to us, like I said earlier, and it's maturity in the Lord or the beginning of maturity to recognize what we're feeling and to step back from that and ask ourselves this question. This is so important. When you're processing a thought, when you're processing an emotion, can this thought, can this feeling be confirmed by the word of God? Find a verse to back up what you're thinking. Find a verse to back up what you're feeling. If you can't find it, it's a lie from the enemy and it will cause joy to be robbed from your life. And you will not live in the joy God intends you to live in. Psalm 139 tells us God made us in detail. Go read it. Go read Psalm 139. It's powerful. He designed us. 
He made us and he has the power to correct us, if that makes sense. He has the power to come in and fix those little places, right? He has the power with that healing balm of Gilead to go into every nook and cranny of our heart and fix the broken places because he created us to begin with. He knows more than us what's broken. So he can do that if we let him, if we give him permission. So when you're, when you're um, critiquing yourself, it was one of the things I said earlier as a joy robber, when you're critiquing yourself, take your eyes off of yourself, whatever issue it is within yourself, and cast them on the Lord. Surrender them to him and say, Lord, this is my area I'm not happy with. And you created me. So if this portion of my personality, this portion, if it's a defense I've um, learned to behave in instead, if it's not who you originally intended me to be, come in and strengthen me to change this area of my life. That will help us to walk in a spiritually mature, emotionally mature place in him. We have to invite the Lord in to strengthen us in the areas where we're weak. Where we are weak, he is strong and we are made strong in him. Whatever we're struggling with has no power over our identity in the Lord. Whatever we're struggling with has no hold on our relationship with the Lord unless we allow it to block, unless we allow it to become a wall. Let's tear those defenses down. Let's allow the Lord completely into our hearts, completely into our mindsets, our thought processes, our emotions, and our feelings. And he, he looks to make all things new. We'd become a new creation in Christ. Let's stop looking and leaning back to that old creation, trying to pursue happiness instead of being anchored in joy. Some things we need to ponder and only we can answer for ourselves. And if we truly don't have the answer, ask the Lord to show you. Where is your identity? Is your identity in the Lord? Are you a child of the Most High God? Are you royal priesthood? Are you fearfully and wonderfully made and that's where you rest? That's where you're anchored? Or is your identity in your title? Is your identity in your career choice? Is your identity in where you live? What you drive? How you dress? How people respond to you? Your repu- is your identity in your reputation? Those are some powerful things. And something that you could do too is seriously make a list. What are the things that I allow in my life to rob my joy? Make a list and put them before the Lord and ask the Lord to help you. He's our helper. The Holy Spirit comes and that's one of his titles. He's our help. We try to do these. I need to overcome this. I need to overcome that. We do, but in the Lord, asking for his help, asking him to walk with us through it. Ask the Lord to show you and to help you, and he'll do so. I want you to tune in next Friday. We have one more podcast on joy coming, Choosing Joy. Next Friday, October 29th, tune in.